Welcome to this exciting sermon from World Impact Community Church. We hope you enjoy this message. For more sermons and resources, please do visit us at wscc.in. Good afternoon, everyone. Greetings in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Yeah. So I was just uh, sensing that I need to share about prayer. Uh, and prayer is one, as, one thing that the Lord taught me as a believer. Uh, when I came to the Lord initially, the Lord connected me to friends who love to pray. Um, and I just sense in this season, we really, each one of us needs to pray more. Yeah? So let's pray. Hallelujah, Lord. I just commit everyone here and everyone watching in their homes. And I know that you've given this word to me because it's important to you. And I pray, Father Lord, even as we talk about prayer, there'll be such an urgency and a, such a, uh, you know, a weightage on what I say, Father Lord. I just commit everyone into your hands, Lord. Speak through me, Lord, and make it clear that we ought to pray. Amen. Amen. Let's look at Luke chapter 18, verse 1. It's a parable by Jesus. And he says, Then he spoke a parable to them that men always ought to pray and not lose heart. Okay? Oh, Jesus had some beautiful parables. No, this is something I really love. But just look, it says then. That means there's something before that. What happened before that? So in chapter 17, actually we see how the Pharisees come to him and they ask, Where is the, when is the kingdom of God coming? And Jesus said, the kingdom of God is in our midst. Jesus was with them. The kingdom of God is in our midst, he said. And then he goes to the disciples and he tells them that he's going to suffer and he's going to be rejected and that he's going to go away. And then he says, the days will, will happen when, the return, when I'll return. It'll be like the days of Lot and Noah. What were those days like? During the times of Lot and Noah, they were just like us. Everyone was eating, drinking, getting married, and suddenly the destruction came. So he said, it's going to be like that. And that's when he said this parable. Okay? That is the context. So he said, he told them a parable that men always ought to pray and not lose heart. Okay? That word ought to, it, it, it is, it is, it's absolutely necessary. It's absolutely necessary. It's not just, it's good that they pray. They ought to pray. We ought to pray. It's absolutely necessary. And when? Always. The word of God says, pray without ceasing. You may think, okay, I can't always pray like that. But pray without ceasing is just that consciousness that God is there always. Every moment and just talking to him. So other than your quiet time in, your, in the mornings and after that, the whole day you're thinking about what God told you and how he's speaking. And the word pray is a Greek word, prosuk. And prosuk means to interact with the Lord by exchanging human wishes for his wishes as he imparts faith. So when we pray, we're telling, we're speaking to him, and slowly he tells us what is on his heart. 
And then we understand that and we pray. What a powerful connection. And the Lord is saying, you ought to pray. And then the next verse we see uh, in Psalms 116, verses 1 and 2 says, I like the NLT version. I love the Lord because he hears my voice and my prayer for mercy. Because he bends down to listen, I will pray as long as I have breath. What a beautiful phrase. When we pray, God bends down to listen. And then the person is saying, David is saying, I will pray as long as I have breath. One thing we can all do till our last breath is pray. No one can prevent us from doing that. Tell me, I can tell you that even when our memory is less also, I've seen, uh, as my father-in-law had dementia, that even towards the end he'd say, when we pray, he'll come and hold our hand. Because your spirit can always pray. So prayer is something we can do till the end. Hallelujah. As long as we have breath. So he said, we ought to always pray and not lose heart. It's so easy to lose heart because everything else is negative. The circumstances around you may be negative and it's easy for us to lose heart to pray. I just sense I'm talking to some people who used to pray but no longer pray that much. I'm just encouraging you today, if that is you, come back in prayer. Come back to talk to the Lord. Why do we lose heart? Often we're not convinced by the power of prayer. We feel that, okay, we prayed for so long, nothing is happening. So we don't pray. When we don't receive answers. And also it takes so much effort to pray, doesn't it? It's easier to just relax and just shut your mind off. But it takes that extra effort to pray. Colossians chapter 4 verse 12 says, Epaphras, who is one of you, a born servant of Christ, greets you always, laboring fervently for you in prayers. See, prayer is labor. Laboring fervently in prayers, that you may stand perfect and complete in all the will of God. So tell your neighbor, let's labor fervently in prayer. Come on, tell your neighbor. Yeah, <laughs> I agree with you. Let's labor fervently in prayer. Hallelujah. And then the next verse in Luke 18 says, so this is the parable. Jesus says, there was in a certain city a judge who did not fear God nor regard man. Now there was a widow in that city and she came to him saying, get justice for me from my adversary. I'm wondering why would a widow go to such a judge? Huh? Probably he charged less. But he goes to a person who doesn't fear God nor honor man. And she says, please give me justice from my adversary. That is, my, uh, the accuser. That word in Greek is accuser in a lawsuit. Give me justice. She's crying out to him. And, the word, and it says, and he would not for a while. Why should he? But afterward, he said within himself, Though I do not fear God nor regard man, yet because this widow troubles me, I will avenge her, lest by her continual coming she weary me. You know that word troubles means in Greek beating. Because this woman, each time she is saying, it's like a beating to him. And that word 
she wearies me it means to strike under the eye just imagine this is one of, a very sensitive part of your body and this woman keeping on asking feels like beating me and it's as if i'm getting hit below the eye that's why she he says i don't fear man or god but i'm going to avenge her and then uh, the lord said then the lord said hear what the unjust judge said and shall god not avenge his own elect who cry out day and night to him though he bears long with them so the lord says how much more if that unjust judge could you know answer that lady's prayer how much more would our just god answer your prayers so i was so you may think why would jesus compare god with an unjust judge he's not at all like an unjust judge but the fact that even an unjust judge will give in to persistent requests how much more our god will give will answer our prayers and when you look at the word god jesus addresses god in prayer in different ways in luke chapter 11 we're all familiar with the model of prayer that jesus teaches teaches us our father in heaven so we need to come to god as that father he is our father and some of you may be thinking oh my father never used to give everything to me but the lord is a perfect father a perfect father he's a good father and so when we come in prayer you're coming to your father and secondly in luke 11 itself soon after the model of prayer jesus speaks about how a person if you go to your friend's house and you ask in, at midnight and you ask for three loaves of bread and you keep at it the friend would probably say no come back later but even if he feels that you know everything is closed down is, is shut and they're going to sleep he will get up because of the persistence and give you bread so g so god is our father in prayer god is our friend whom you can tell everything you can tell him everything and thirdly god is the judge in prayer so many times you may have been wronged and you feel okay i've they've done this wrong to me but you don't have to stand up and defend yourself for the lord he will avenge you the lord will justify you he is our judge so that's how you need to when you come to the lord in prayer understand who he is the first thing is that we need to understand who he is i remember when i was a as a young believer i used to pray but i'd always think i know god can do this but will he do it for me always it will be that will he do it for me will he do it for me it was such a doubt for i think one or two years but afterwards i realized no he will do it if it is his will he will do it and nothing will stop that what a trust what a place what a person to go to your closest people may turn against you but there's one place you can go at the feet of jesus he will hear he will respond so that first of all we need to understand who this god is whom we are praying to and then it says the elect need to pray day and night who are the elect you and me the chosen we are the elect isn't it first peter chapter 2 verse 9 says but you are a chosen generation a royal priesthood a holy nation his own special people that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light 
So you're not just a priest, you're the royal priesthood. And another verse, Revelation 1, verse 5 and 6 says, And from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead, and the ruler over the kings of the earth, to him who loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood, and has made us kings and priests to his God and Father, to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. So in some versions it writes, you're the kingdom of priests. So just imagine all of us, we are the kingdom of priests. So it's not just on Sunday that you need to realize that. Tomorrow, you should remind yourself, I'm a priest. I'm a royal priest. Royalty has authority. And what does a priest do? A priest acts as a mediator between God and people. And also reveals God to others. So we are the royal priesthood. So Sundays you come and get filled. But Monday to Saturday is a time where you, you go act this out as the royal priesthood. Through what you do and through your prayer. There is such authority that we carry in prayer. But the enemy tries to deceive us by saying you don't have authority. You can't. Your prayer is not effective. You don't have to pray like those pastors pray. These are the accusations of the enemy. But even a child can pray and bring such a change. That's why we teach our Sunday school kids. Pray. A sentence from them in faith can change situations. Okay? So we are the elect. So I was looking in the Old Testament for an example of someone who was a model in prayer. And I saw in the book of Daniel. So Daniel, as a young boy, he goes, he's in exile. He goes and he's taken as an exile, a, per, a, a person in exile to Babylon from Jerusalem. He would have been only 14 years old. But even as he goes there in a different culture, he changes, he doesn't change to that culture there, but he, you know, portrays the culture of the kingdom. I'm sure Daniel was taught how to pray at home. Because at that age, he goes there and he's praying three times a day. He's, not, he's so set in those ways. So parents, I encourage you to bring your children in, the, in, you know, in prayer. They should see it. You know, I know when our kids were very small, it is so difficult. You sit for prayer, have, you know, everything goes wrong. They suddenly want to drink water, they're hungry, etc., etc. But I think it pays when we take that time to pray. And let them sit and see how we believe in prayer. So teach them. Just even though they don't get so involved, just knowing that you're praying brings that comfort to them. Brings and teaches them, this is what I need to do when I grow up. So that culture of prayer. So Daniel would have been like that. So Daniel is faithful in prayer. And we see as he grows older, in Daniel 9, it's a time he knows that God has given a prophecy that after 70 years, they would go back. And so now it's probably 67 years. And he's 80 plus. And he said, the time is coming. And God said at 70 years that he would take them back. So if God has said something, most of us would, would say, Let God, God will do it. If he said he'll do it. But Daniel, what did he do? He decided to pray and fast. Even though God had spoken it, he prayed and fasted. And he stood before the Lord and said, Lord, I repent for what my nation has done. Because we have sinned, 
And because of that, this has fallen on us. Because earlier, even in the Old Testament, Moses had said, when you walk, when you disobey God, the curse will fall on you. When you obey, you will walk in blessing. So he said, this is what you said happened. You sent prophets, but they didn't hear. And that's why we are exiles. But Lord, have mercy. Turn your anger away from the people. Let's just read Daniel chapter 9, verse 13 and 14 says, And as it is written in the law of Moses, all this disaster has come upon us. Yet we have not made our prayer before the Lord, our God, that we might turn from our iniquities and understand your truth. Therefore, the Lord has kept the disaster in mind and brought it upon us. For the Lord our God is righteous. He understood the nature of God in all the works which he does, though we have not obeyed his voice. And verse 16, it says, O Lord, according to all your righteousness, I pray, let your anger and your fury be turned away from your city, Jerusalem, your holy mountain, because for our sins and for the iniquities of our fathers, Jerusalem and your people are a reproach to all those around us. So he's such, making such an earnest prayer for his city. And in verse 18, it says, O my God, incline your ear and hear. Open your eyes and see our desolations and the city which is called by your name. For we do not present our supplications before you because of our righteous deeds, but because of your great mercies. He says that and he gets a response immediately. You see in verse 20, Now while I was speaking, praying and confessing my sin, and the sin of my people Israel, and presenting my supplication before the Lord my God, for the holy mountain of my God. Yes, while I was speaking in prayer, the man Gabriel, whom I had seen in the vision at the beginning, being caused to fly swiftly, reached me about the time of the evening offering. And he informed me and talked with me and said, O Daniel, I have now come forth to give you skill to understand. At the beginning of your supplications, the command went out. So at the beginning of your prayer, the command came telling me, go. Just imagine, when we pray, God releases his angels. When we pray, there is something that happens in the spirit realm. And the thing is, the angels may be thinking, these people are not praying. We're waiting for them to pray so that we can move and operate and do things on the earth. That's very clearly written here. When the supplication came, I took this up. And I have come to tell you, for you are greatly beloved. Therefore, consider the matter and understand the vision. You are greatly beloved. Telling you, people of God, when you pray, you will be Considered beloved for the Lord. The Lord is looking for people who will pray. Yeah? And so we see after that, so that probably is the 67th year, by the 70th year, the Cyrus, King Cyrus gives a decree, and under Serubabal, the people go, a group of people go, and they start building the temple. So that's an answered prayer. Then we see in the next chapter, Daniel chapter 10, how during the reign of King Cyrus, that Daniel takes a fast for 21 days. It's where he doesn't eat uh, you know, uh, uh, meat or wine. And he sets apart time to pray. 
So this must have been the, already the people are there in Jerusalem. So why would he have been praying? Some people say that he was praying because the work was slow. There was hindrance. So he's around 84 and it, he takes it upon himself. I'm going to fast in the way I can, you know, and pray. And Daniel 10 verse 12 and four, uh, 10 and, and 11 says, Suddenly a hand touched me which made me tremble on my knees and on the palms of my hands. And he said to me, O Daniel, man greatly beloved, understand the words that I speak to you and stand upright, for I have now been sent to you. While he was speaking this word to me, I was trembling. And I was reading that, I was thinking, Lord, even I want to have an experience like that. Who knows, if we continue to pray, the Lord will speak very more clearly than ever. Hallelujah. Verses 12 says, Then he said to me, Do not fear, Daniel, for from the first day that you set your heart to understand. So it's not just now that I came. From the first day that you decided to pray huh? uh, and to humble yourself, your words were heard. So when is your word heard in heaven? The first time you start praying. The answer may take time, but the first day you start praying, the word is heard in heaven. Your words were heard, and I have come because of your words. Wow! I, God is doing things on the earth because of our prayers. Yeah? You, because of our prayers. But what happened? The prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me 21 days. There was something happening in the spirit realm. The forces of evil withstood me for 21 days. And behold, Michael, one of the chief priests, came to help me. For I had been left alone there with the kings of Persia. Now, so he was able to get through. I have come to make you understand what will happen to your people in the latter days. For the vision refers to many days yet to come. And he comes and shares about things that are happening about the Messiah, about the end times. Wow, God shares his secrets with those who pray. Yeah, he overcome every resistance. And he said, I have to tell him because, see, suppose Daniel had stopped praying by the 10th day. He wouldn't have had this encounter, but he kept at it. So the elect need to keep on praying. Sometimes your answer will be instant, but sometimes it will take time. But God has marked it. I remember as a young teenager, I prayed for my family to come to the Lord. And I kept praying for a season, probably a year or so. After that, I think, okay, probably it won't happen. But 10 years later, through some others, my parents came to the Lord. I was taken aback and I said, Lord, I forgot to pray for a season. But you are faithful. God doesn't forget those prayers. God doesn't forget Hallelujah. My whole family came to the Lord. And we are all together in the Lord. So praise God. Hallelujah. That is the answer to it. As a teenager, I prayed. The Lord answered that prayer. So if any of you are in the faith alone, don't give up. Keep on praying. The Lord is for you. The Lord has heard that prayer. So we need to pray day and night. Yeah? Okay. Why should we watch and pray? First of all, we need to be ready for Jesus' return, isn't it? You all look as if you're not really ready. Come on, let's sit up. Say, saying that I want to be ready for Jesus' return. 
You know, so many of the parables, uh, the parable of the virgins, the ten virgins, five of them, all of them had lamps, okay? All of them would have been here. But only five had oil. The rest didn't. All of you may be here, but probably 50% doesn't have oil. My, you'll miss his return. And so when the master, when the bridegroom came, they were too late. They were going to buy the oil. And when they came back, the door was shut. Let that not be. The Lord is saying that we as a church need to watch and pray. So many churches are doing different things in this season. But more than anything, as a church, we need to watch and pray. Mark 13 verses 32 and 33 says, But of that day and hour, no one knows, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. Take heed, watch and pray, for you do not know when the time is. We don't know. But we, if you are, you are watching and praying, I'm safe. So when someone says, oh, this is happening, war is breaking out here, that is happening, it's okay. We're doing what we need to do. Watch and pray. And as long as we're doing that, it is okay what happens around us. And then verse, uh, 1 Peter 4, 7 says, But the end of all things is, is at hand. Therefore, be serious and watchful in your prayers. Yeah? So when Jesus came first, God positioned people to pray. God always does things after positioning people to pray. So Simeon and Anna were there. They prayed for all their life for the Messiah to come. And they got to see the Messiah. I'm sure it is not just Simeon and Anna. I'm sure thousands of people God would have raised up to pray at that time. But they could only write two in the word of God. Even for his second coming, we are going to be the ones who are waiting and watching and praying till he returns. Aren't we? Aren't we? Are we going to be there? Are we going to be? Yes, thank you. <laughs> Amen. So we need to be ready for his return. Secondly, prayer kind of covers us as we put on the godly armor. Ephesians chapter 6, we always teach in junior church. It's the armor of God. And Paul tells the church in Ephesus, put on the armor. And what is the armor? The, tr the belt of truth, the, she the breastplate of righteousness, the helmet of salvation. Our feet should be shod with the gospel of peace, the, 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 the shield of faith, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. So we need to have all that on. Yeah, not just few, all of it on. But on top of that, we need to pray. So the verse, next verse in that, uh, you know, paragraph, Ephesians 6, 18 says, Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. Prayer wraps itself around our spiritual armor and helps us stand strong when the enemy tries to attack. So you can't just say, okay, I have the armor and I'm not praying. You have the armor and you always are praying so that whatever the enemy throws at you, you'll be able to still be standing. Amen. So I was thinking, you know, uh, after coming to the Lord and growing stronger in prayer, you would think that problems would reduce. But no, there are greater problems, great issues. But in all that, we have a peace because we have given everything in prayer. 
Yeah? It makes the world of difference. It's, I'm just thinking, some of the issues that I faced after that are worse than before. But, because the Lord, I'm not alone. Because in everything, I'm sharing it with the Lord. I'm stronger. Yeah? Okay, so secondly is, it helps to keep our armor in place. Prayer. Thirdly, to not be overwhelmed by the cares of the world. Yeah, it's so easy to be overwhelmed by the difficulties. I know some of you may be really thinking, everything is going wrong. Nothing is working. But the Lord is saying, just pray. I will bring things, change things. I will restore you. Because Luke chapter 21, verse 34 and 36, Jesus says, But take heed to yourselves, lest your hearts be weighed down with carousing, drunkenness and cares of this life, and that day come on you unexpectedly. For it will come as a snare on all those who dwell on the face of the whole earth. Watch therefore and pray always that you may be counted worthy to escape all these things that will come to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. So don't worry about the problems you are facing. I'm just thinking about eternity. I know we have to live this world. But just the thought, no, this is just 80 years. After that, oh, heaven, rejoicing. So I was just thinking about someone my, uh, who passed away recently. I was thinking, oh, it's be rejoicing and having a nice time. And I was thinking, my, what a beautiful thing. That's such a hope we have. Yeah? So don't let the, the, the worries of this world trouble you. And fourthly, why do we need to watch and pray? The accuser is busy day and night. Okay? So you'd think that uh, it's like duty. Only daytime we need to pray. But you know, Satan is on duty day and night. He is accusing them. Accusing, sending out. Revelation 12, 10 says, Satan is the accuser of the brethren who accuses them before God day and night. So if the accuser is accusing you day and night, how much do you have to pray? Only daytime? No, you should be consciously aware, you know. So early in the morning tonight, last night it was raining in between. So I got up in between and all I was praying, I just woke up and I said, Lord, I'm talking about prayer. I pray that a mantle of prayer will come upon the church. That is my prayer. I just woke up in the morning. I said, Lord, that's my prayer. Let the mantle of prayer come. Let them desire. And actually when I was worshipping now, I just saw a crown being placed on each of your heads. And I felt that that was an ability to pray. A grace to pray. So let me just pray with that. Hallelujah. Lord, I just pray for everyone here. I just pray, just receive in your spirit a desire to pray. I can preach and go and it won't change anything. But I just sense that the Lord is giving us something as a church today. That burden, that mantle to pray. And I pray it on each one of you that you will have such a desire to pray. That Lord, you will raise up people, Lord, here in our church to pray for different things, Lord. That they will have our burden for you, Father. Thank you, Lord, that we will pray day and night. Hallelujah. That we will take up this response, Lord. Jesus, Jesus, even the young kids, Lord. I pray over them, Lord. Hallelujah. That they will desire to pray, Father. The young mothers, Lord. Hallelujah. Cheryl, the word, the Lord has called you for intercession. Hallelujah. Even in this time of busyness, 
holiness. The Lord is saying your prayers count. Your prayers are important. Hallelujah. Even of you, you watching online, the Lord is putting on us a mantle of prayer today. Receive it by faith. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So those are the reasons why we need to watch and pray. Next is, how should we pray? There are different types of prayers. Let's see, in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18, in the BSP version, it says, Pray in the Spirit at all times with every kind of prayer, with all prayers and petition. So there are different types of prayer. In First Timothy chapter 2, verses 1 and 2, it talks about some of the types of prayer. Therefore, I exhort, first of all, that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings and all who are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and reverence. So these are different types of prayers. Supplications. Supplications is the word desis, which means petition. Hannah didn't have a child. So she came to the Lord with supplication. You have this deep desire for something to happen. And you know it's God's will. You bring that supplication before the Lord. That is supplication. Secondly, the prayers. That's a word I said earlier. Prosuke, which is that divine exchange. Where you're talking all the day with the Lord. And you slowly understand what is on his heart. So when you read the papers, something sad is happening. The Lord will tell you, pray for this now. And you pray, and you, after a few days, you'll see an answer to that. So that's the prosecute, that type of prayer that is just a, a divine exchange with the Lord, and the Lord shows you his will. Thirdly is intercession. It's also called entuchus. It is actually, um, intercession is a holy act of uh, prayer through which we stand in the gap and form a bridge so that the transforming power of God falls on the thing that you pray for. So just imagine, you, I'm praying for Ariel. Wow, I'm interceding for you, Ariel. Praying that your future will be beautiful and you will fulfill God's purpose. You're opening heaven over her and the blessings fall over her and things get easier for her. That is what we do in intercession. And the Lord has called us to intercede for others and intercede for, uh, for our land. So that's a, a third kind of prayer. Then giving of thanks. He has mentioned that, giving of thanks. It's so important to give thanks. But that's very, it's usually neglected. We always have this shopping list for God. But just prayer is giving thanks. Lord, thank you, I could stand. So actually this morning when I got up, my voice was low. And I was thinking, Lord, I have to preach today. And I can't, you know, it's not clear. So I came here and I asked one or two people to pray. And look at me now. Amen. Hallelujah. I give thanks. Yeah, I give thanks. I give thanks for his healing. I give thanks for what he does. So we need to give thanks. It's so important to have a grateful heart. So only if you have a grateful heart, your prayer is pleasing to the Lord. It's a sacrifice that is pleasing to God. And next you have to pray in the spirit. Jude 1.20 says, But you, beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, Praying in the Holy Spirit. 
So if you can't pray in, uh, in, new t- in tongues, uh, you can come to us. We'll pray over you because the Lord wants each of us to pray in the Spirit. The Holy Spirit is our best friend in prayer, partner in prayer. He tells us what to pray. He tells us how to intercede. He gives us words. So, so many times you can just pray for five minutes. But if you know how to pray in the Spirit, you can pray for hours along. When I take my evening walk, I'm praying in the Spirit. When I'm traveling, I'm praying in the Spirit. It builds us up. Hallelujah. So we need to pray in the Spirit. Then pray in agreement. Matthew chapter 18 verse 19 says, Again I say to you that if two of you agree on earth concerning anything that they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. I cannot underestimate the power of agreement. To just have one person to agree with, there is double power there. So that's why I say that family prayer is so important. If the husband and wife pray together in one accord, nothing can stand against you. Nothing can stand. The mountains will move. Uh, I remember one night when my father-in-law was very sick. Both of us, just the whole night we were up, but we kept on praying together. No, this will move. This will move. We won't have to take him to hospital. By morning he was okay. I was just thinking the power of prayer. I was overwhelmed by this fact. I remember, and another time, one of my friends, she was so upset uh, because uh, her, her son had decided to uh, marry an unbeliever. And that was really sad because she, he didn't even know the person well. And she, she said, Kavita, I'm so upset. I said, let's agree in prayer. I remember in my kitchen, I just was on the phone praying with her. Within a week, the whole situation changed. Telling you the power of agreement, the power of agreement in prayer is so it's so powerful. So, just one person have a prayer partner, have a prayer friend who can agree with you, or even it's your husband or your wife, pray with them. And that power, there's so much power in agreement. So, these are the different types of prayers. And what are some of the prayers we need to pray? In the model of prayer, Jesus said, Our Father in heaven, Luke chapter 11, 2. Hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done. That is a prayer all of us can pray. Your kingdom come, your will be done. Sometimes we don't know what God's will is in a particular situation. The safest way to pray is, your kingdom come, your will be done. Hallelujah. We can pray for our needs, definitely. But he knows them. Hallelujah. We pray, we ask for forgiveness in the Lord's Prayer. If you have anything against anyone, forgive. And we pray for protection from evil. Jesus also said, pray for the harvest. Pray that laborers will be sent. So I think that's a prayer that all of us need to pray. Because the harvest is plenty, but the laborers are few. Pray that the Lord will send laborers into different places. Because the time is ripe for the laborers to be sent in different areas. That should be our prayer. Paul was a man of prayer. He prayed for the churches and all the people who worked alongside him. His letters are, you know, kind of intertwined with prayer. Every fourth sentence there is prayer. That's the way God wants us to, you know, deal with others also. To always say, so what would he pray for? He'd say, I pray that you will be in God's perfect will. I pray that the eyes of your understanding will be open. I pray that you would have a spirit of wisdom and revelation. Beautiful prayers. I pray that you, please pray that the doors will open, that the gospel will be shared. These are the type of prayers that he prayed. 
These are the type of prayers that we need to pray in this season. Now let's go back to the parable of that widow. So it was answered by the unjust judge, judge, wasn't it? Verse 6 and 7. Then the Lord said, Hear what the unjust judge said. And shall God not avenge his own elect who cry out day and night to him, though he bears long with him? And the eighth verse says, I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he really find faith on the earth? That is the question the Lord is asking the church today. When Jesus comes back, will he find faith? Will he find faith? Because without faith, we can't pray. You know, when we lose faith, our prayers are not sincere. We can't pray. Without faith, it is impossible to please him. The Lord is asking, will I find faith? We can't lose heart. Prayer and faith stand up together and they fall together. So let's be a church that builds our faith by reading the word of God, by encouraging each other. And when we arise in faith, prayer will increase. Hallelujah. In Luke chapter 22, Jesus speaks to Simon, Simon Peter, about the fact that he's going to betray him. It's a difficult time. Peter is going to betray him. The master is going to go away. And we read in Luke chapter 22, verses 31 and 32. And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, indeed, Satan has asked for you that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for you that your faith shall not fail. And when you have returned to me, strengthen your brethren. I was just thinking, ah, Lord, prayed for a friend who was walking with him for three years. And he prayed, said, Simon, you're going to go through a difficult time. But I'm praying that you will be strong and your faith will come back and you will rise again. The same way we will pray. The Lord is interceding for us and saying, my children, I pray that you will stand strong in faith. And we know how Peter rose up and he was one of the the leaders of the church. God doesn't give up on us. So even if you're, not, you're a season where it's so dry, the Lord is saying, pray on. The Lord is here today to build our faith. That we be, will be a church that prays. So I just pray that we will be the church that prays day and night. Waiting for his return. We will be faithful. We will be a church that's been known for worship and prayer. The Lord showed Pastor Hannah a vision long time back with the two wings. One was worship, the other was intercession. That our church would be taken. And even as Pastor TB shared on worship last week, we didn't discuss. And I knew that we had to teach about prayer. That is the way we go forward into the coming year. We will be a church that rises in worship and intercession. Hallelujah. So let's pray. And I'm just going to pray for each one of you right now. I pray as I woke up in the night and I prayed for each one of you. I prayed that the mantle of prayer would come on to you today. And even as I worshipped, I saw the Lord put that crown on each one of you. The crown on you watching now at home. That mantle is on you to pray, to worship. 
Neha, the mantle is on you. The mantle is on you to intercede for the nations. The mantle is on the children of the home. The mantle is on you, Esthu, to pray for prophetic intercession in the days to come. Hallelujah. Lord, I pray. I pray, Lord, you will open our hearts. You will give us that burden that we will have a desire to pray. Pray for the things that burden your heart. Pray for the things that break your heart. Hallelujah. That faith will be will increase in us. That we will go on praying and we will see results. Like Daniel saw. That Daniel saw some of his prayers answered immediately. But Daniel kept on praying in times when he didn't see anything. Let us see. Let raise up some Daniels here, Lord. Raise up some Daniels here, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Put that spirit of prayer on each one of us. Even I'm asking. I felt that I wasn't praying enough this season. So the Lord has kind of said, Gear up, Kavita. Gear up. Pray more. Pray more. Take more time. I've decided to do more prayer. More prayer. So, Lord, hallelujah. I just commit each of us into your hands, Lord. We ought to pray. We've received this word. Let it go deep into our spirits. Let it not be a word for today only. Let it be a word for the coming days. Let it be the, a word for the next year. That we will surrender our time and we will pray more. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Just commit everything into your hands, Lord. Thank you for, for speaking through me. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to this sermon. For more sermons, please do visit us at wscc.in. 